Thank you, worship team, so much. Bringing back some old school hymns, refreshing our memory, our heart. Thank you for that. Well, how's everybody? Everybody hanging in there? Can you believe it's Memorial Day weekend? The beginning of summer is on the, on the horizon. Uh, we will wrap up our service a little bit later. We're going to be praying for our New Life kids and our Glare youth as they head off to camp this week. It's camp week. And so there, uh, for parents whose your children are headed to camp, you may have a little bit of peace and quiet at home. Uh, take advantage of it. But it's going to be an exciting week. Thankfully, the weather is cooperative as well. I want to say hi to everybody who's watching online, joining us from a distance today. We hope you feel the presence of God tangibly in your home or wherever you may be today watching this. And certainly those of you here this morning, welcome this morning to New Life Church. It's a joy. It's an honor to be with you today. Um, I'm going to be talking about one of our core values as a church today. I'm going to be ministering on that. So I'm going to invite you to flip to or click on Matthew chapter 28. Get to Matthew chapter 28. And then uh, here in a moment we'll take, take our direction from there. I want to, um, want to set this up today. This is Matthew 28. If you're familiar with that, it's... Some of the final words that Jesus spoke to his disciples and parted into them as after his resurrection. He spent about 40 days meeting with them on a few different occasions, just reminding them and reassuring them that what he had taught them was true and what, was go- what, what the Father had prepared for them was, was going to take place. And, but, he, but he also gives them this, what's called the Great Commission. And, and so we're going to get into that here in a moment and talk about why that's such a great thing. And how it relates to us today. But there's just something I want to I talk about. Just to kind of preface this. It's not in the notes. Um, or going to be on your screen to watch or look at. But. Was reading a few of these this week. A few of these verses. And I just felt like I needed to share them. In. Kind of preparing for, for this particular message. On the great commission. Acts 10 verse 36 says, this is the message of good news. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. This is the message of the good news. That there is peace with God. There is peace with God through Jesus Christ. Who is our our Lord. And then in Romans 5 verse 20. Paul says. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more. God's wonderful grace became more abundant. That's the New Living Translation. Another maybe familiar translation to us would say. As sin abounds. Grace abounds all the more. Grace abounds all the more. And John writes in John 1 that Jesus is full of grace and truth. And so in a day and time in our world where it's so crazy and so chaotic, so disheartening in different ways when you look at news and you read headlines and you see clips of of 
trauma and tragedy and school shootings and different things to that nature. The world has a way that they want to approach to address it. But God's way is so much better. It's perfect. And he's like, this world could have peace if we put our faith in Jesus. He said that in Acts 10, he said that this is the message of the good news. The good news is that you can have peace with God. But the only way you get real peace with God is in the Lord of Jesus Christ. Is in his lordship in your life. But I also want to encourage you as we see sin abound in this world and in, even in our country. We need to take heart and remember some of the final words of Jesus. That he told his disciples, look you're going to go through trouble. You're going to see a lot of things. But take courage. Be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. You see that's why it's so valuable and so important. So necessary that for when we see sin abound in our world and our day and time, grace can abound more and more because grace is Christ. Grace is Jesus. He's full of grace and truth. And so the more people that put their faith in Jesus, the more peace we will have. Now, I know that we will never have that perfect peace until the second coming of Christ, until the new Jerusalem and the new heaven and the new earth and all of that is, is, is taking place. I get that. But while we're here, we have been given an assignment. We have been given a calling. We have been given a mission. That as Christians, we cannot just sit back and, and be thankful that we have our heavenly ticket punched and sit around and, and just be consumers in a building or in our home from our TVs or from our computer screens or through books. No, we've been given a calling to be active, to be engaged, to be commissioned, to go into this world. And you might say, man, I'm not what, what Jesus says. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. I'm no, I'm no scholar of the word. Well, the good news for that is he, he, he laid it out for anyone who's a follower of him. Anyone who's a believer in him has been given this great commission. And so with that, I want to lead into what Jesus said in Matthew 28. We're going to, Kaylee, I'm going to skip verse 16 and 17 and start in verse 18 for the screen, for the notes that are being shown. Should be there, uh, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and he told his disciples. Now remember, this takes place after his resurrection. So it's been proven that Jesus is not dead, but Jesus is alive. So what he's telling his disciples and what he's speaking to them is a method of him showing them that what he told them can actually take place and is actually real. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Go and make disciples. Go into this world. Live your life in this world. But be around people. Be around others. It is impossible to make disciples, followers of Jesus, if we're not actively around people. 
We are called to go into this world to preach this good news, to live this good news out. The message of the good news is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Go into the world. Make disciples of all the nations, all different people. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples. Labor with them. Spend time with them. Be patient with them. Walk with them. Talk with them. Get to know one another. Teach them to obey all the commands and I, that I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Great commission. This is one of our core values as a church, as it should be of any Bible-believing church, is that you cannot leave this out. The great commandment, love the Lord your God with all, the, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the great commission, go with your life and live in this world to minister the good news of Jesus to other people and teach them what it's like to live for the glory and the kingdom of God on this earth. We have all been given this assignment. Every person who bears the name of Christ in their soul has been given this assignment. Youngest to the oldest, generation to generation. We have been given this assignment and this calling from our Lord to go and fulfill the Great Commission. I've titled today's message, Show and Tell. I don't know how many of your kids still do show and tell in school. I don't know if you anybody remembered doing show and tell in school. I used to look forward to show and tell in school. It was on Friday back in my day. And uh, we were told, hey, bring something from home that you want to show and talk about. Something that maybe it was a, a toy, a game, a, a cool uh, whatever, you know, whatever it was. And I look so look forward to going to show and tell. You got like maybe a minute or so to stand up before your class. And anybody talk, remember what I'm talking about, show and tell? Please tell me I'm not alone. Yeah, some of you, yeah, the show and tell days. And I, I was so excited. I was in um, kindergarten or maybe first grade. I can't remember. And my grandfather had given me a little pocket knife, a little, little, little bitty pocket knife. And I wasn't told, don't take it to school. I took it to school for show and tell. I was so excited because my grandfather gave it to me. And I uh, took it out and showed the class. And the teacher took it from me, as she should have. Um, I didn't have any ill in- intention other than to be proud of it and show it to my friends. But for safety measures, I get it, looking back now, obviously. Um, and she took it. I never got it back. I never got it back. I know. She just forgot or something, or I moved, and we forgot to have that conversation, and, uh, or whatever happened. Anyway, um, that was one of my experiences of show and tell. And so I was very cautious what I showed and talked about at school from then on, f- moving forward. But The gospel, the good news, the Great Commission is not so much about saying and doing, saying to people and do this people as much as it is showing and telling with our lives. 
There's no, most people don't like to be told what to do, all right? Most people. But a lot of people, most people are looking for ways of expression to show me how it's done. It doesn't make any one of us experts because here's the reality of the good news and the mercy and grace of Jesus is on our best day, it is still the grace of God at work in our life. So we can never boast. We can never take credit for our best days living on this earth. It's still the grace of God at work. And so we're called, Jesus calls us, each one of us, to live our life in such a way. So I want to talk for a few minutes today about this, about how Jesus calls each and every one of us to live our life for the Great Commission and to live our life for the Great Commission, to not compartmentalize our life and block it off in certain sections. And um, we say, well, this, this day and this way on this day is how I will live for the Lord or how I will be a good example or a living witness. But on this day in this area of my life, it's blocked off and reserved to do whatever I want to do and live however I want to live or whatever it might be. Jesus calls us to live every day of our life for him. Now, I'm not suggesting that we're perfect at it or any of that. But what I am saying is that we we are not called to compartmentalize the good news. The good news affects every aspect of us. The good news permeates every part of our life. The good news has a bearing effect on each and every issue and area of our being. And so I want to leave you with three reasons on why the Great Commission is so great, the way Jesus lays it out here. Three reasons why the Great Commission is so great. One, the Great Commission is so great because we have a great ministry partner and his name is Jesus. All right, so we remember here he says, look, all authority has been given to me and I'm commissioning you. And remember this, I am with you all the way. I am with you all the way. What's so great about Jesus? Well, look, let's look at what Paul how he writes about him in Colossians 1. It'll be on the screen because this is out of the Passion Translation. This is what Paul writes about the greatness of Jesus. Colossians 1 verse 15 says, Jesus is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God, and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority. It all exists through him and for his purpose. At any given time, the Father could say, now is the time, the hour has come, go to earth, it's yours. And everything shuts down. Everything changes. The most powerful people on this planet are really not the most powerful people on this planet. The most powerful people on this planet like to think they're the most powerful people on this planet, but they are not the most powerful people on this planet. Thankfully, I get to say that from this pulpit without fear of being arrested. But there are people all over this globe and other parts of our world who, if they said such a thing, someone would rush in and bombard them And take them off. We are are created by our creator. And in living out the great commission. We must remember. The great commission is so great. 
Because it's Jesus. He's the center. He's the center. And he goes on. He says, hey, he existed in verse 17 before anything was made. And now everything finds completion in him. Jesus completes. Jesus completes our life. If there's, any, if there's a person in, in here, person online, a person in your life that feels incomplete, dissatisfied. James mentioned it at the beginning of communion. Does Jesus satisfy your soul? Is he the satisfaction in your life? Are you allowing, are we allowing, are people in our life allowing Jesus to satisfy? We need to point people to this. And our lives need to be pointed to this, that he completes. In verse 18, said he is the head of the body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one. First place in everything, excuse me. holding first place in everything. Jesus is so great, a ministry partner, because he is superior. He comes in first and holds first all the time. And he longs to be first in our life. Verse 19, God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. Jesus is the fullness of God's plan and purpose for humanity. Again, Acts 10, 36, this is the message of the good news. That we can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. In Christ holds the fullness of God's plan and purpose for humanity. In verse 20, and by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Jesus is such a great ministry partner because he is the restorer. He is the restorer. John tells us that greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. Remember, a Christ bearer, a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus has the great one living on the inside of them. Jesus is in you. Jesus is greater than anything you and I could ever deal with or face. And he holds first place. He is superior. He completes. He fulfills. He satisfies. In him holds God's plan and purpose for our life. So if we want to go and be everything that God has called us to be and live the life he's called us to live, the way he's called us to live it, we cannot do it apart from Jesus, and we certainly cannot go and, and preach and live this message of the gospel out with our life if Jesus is not there. And Jesus promises us, hey, I am with you every step of the way. I am with you every step of the way. The Great Commission is great because Jesus is our ministry partner, and Jesus is great. He is great. Number two, the Great Commission is great because In essence, it's a great mission. It's a great mission. There's no greater mission than to carry out and live our life for the great commission of God. The great commission is great because it's a great mission. The mission is to reconcile people to God. What does that mean? Let's look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Somebody may be asking, 
man, and we all get to this place where we ask and wonder, why am I here? What do I exist for? Second Corinthians 5, verse 18. Our mission reconciles the world and people to God. Verse 18, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Reconciling. God has given us this task, this mission of reconciling people to him. If you thought that, man, getting saved, being born again, was all there is to it, not demeaning, not diminishing, salvation experience whatsoever. That is just the beginning of the life we've been called to live. We've been called and given this, minis- this mission, this task of reconciling people to the Lord. Verse 19, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them. Man, if that's not good to hear, what is? None of our sins are counted against us in Christ Jesus. And he has given us, and if anybody's beating yourself up over this, if you feel like I'm in a place where I just don't seem like I can ever get out from under the cloud of being shameful, living with regrets, living with this heavy burden of letting God down, letting people down. Let this message, let these words of the Lord encourage you today that in Christ, he doesn't count your sins against you. And he says, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us, say through me, say through me, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I don't know if you have a friend or a loved one, someone in your life, and you know they are not close to God. They are far from him. They may try. They may have a real hopeful desire to want to be close to the Lord, but you know the evidence of their life shows different. We have this mission. We ourselves don't save anybody. Jesus saves people. Jesus brings people. Jesus is the one who actually goes into the life of a person and changes them. But we are what the Bible calls ambassadors that I want to encourage you, don't stop praying for them. Do not stop ever given the opportunity to be around them or communicate with them to let them know not only do you love them, but God loves them. And in so doing, you're continuously sowing seed of hope and for salvation to take root and to sprout in their life. We've been given this 
message through us, Christ speaks, come back to God. Verse 21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This great commission is so great because it's a great mission. The mission is to reconcile people back to God, just like we have been reconciled back to God. And we are called to live as Christ's ambassadors. An ambassador is someone who's been authorized as a representative of the highest rank, sent out by the higher rank to represent the highest rank in a mission. That's you and that's me. Anyone who's a follower of Christ, we are called to be ambassadors. And the bigger picture of the Great Commission is to see ourselves as God calls us, and that is as ambassadors. We are here representing Jesus on this earth. And ambassadors are to be equipped and energized. Ambassadors are are to be resourced and then released to live life for the glory of God. That's why Sunday mornings count, Wednesday nights count, Bible studies count, life groups count, prayer groups count, youth group counts, youth camp counts, kids camp counts, all the other connecting gathering points of a church matter because it's not about wasting and taking up time as much as it is is about resourcing and energizing and releasing and equipping the body of Christ to go out and be the ambassadors of Jesus on this earth an even bigger picture of being an ambassador is to have a mission mind and that is every aspect of our life our work life, our school life, our home life, our recreation life, our coming and going life, our purchasing things life, our going to the car wash life, our going to soccer practice life. You know nothing about that. Our going to whatever it is in life. We are need to remember we are not called to compartmentalize all of these things. We are called in those things to be a difference maker, to be a light sharer. To be someone who's there to be an encourager for the Lord. To be someone who is to be light in a dark place. To be salt and to be life. And to be someone there who can... And and here's the thing. It's not about trying to have three points in a poem to preach to somebody. We, We make it too hard on ourselves. God does not expect that. All God expects is a humble heart, an open life, a willing vessel to say, God, however you want to use me today, use me today. You prayed that on your job. You pray that for your people. You pray that for people in your care. You pray that when you go places. You pray that when you're at home. And you just ask the Lord, however you want me to shine my light today in this place, that's all that counts. He's not expecting you to get a college degree in theology or to get a master's or a Ph.D. or any of that kind of stuff in the gospel. What he wants is someone who just says yes to the Lord every single day. However, God, however, God, however you want me to live for you, whatever you want me to do for you today, however and wherever you want me to be, I'll be. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. If it's just to sit and have coffee with someone at work that I normally may not do, but I'll sit here and be entertained by what they have to say, but when they walk away feeling like, man, that person cares. 
That person has hope in their heart. That person has something good to offer, and you might not have even said a word. The Great Commission is not about out going out and saying and doing to people as much as it is, is about showing the life of Christ and telling people Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. So as we look at our life and we look at the landscape of our life and we look at the different areas of our life, may we begin to see what Jesus is trying to get across to us is, hey, go into the world. Make disciples of different people. Take your time with them. I think one of the, um, one of the greatest things, a, a good example, is that throughout the book of Acts, one particular comes to mind is Philip. Shortly after the church was birthed and um, the church began to grow, it began to, it began to experience persecution. And as a result of persecution, it said the believers scattered. And as they scattered, it said Philip went so-and-so and began to just tell of people about the good news. You can read about him in Acts chapter 8. He went about telling people about the good news. And many listened and heard and gave their life to the Lord. Philip said it's actually Philip the evangelist is how he was labeled by Luke when he wrote that. Because he just took it upon himself. Hmm. I guess I'm not supposed to be where I was. God's sending me somewhere else. I'm just going to go and be here. And I'm just going to be a living witness for Jesus. And then, because of that, the story goes on about Philip that the angel of the Lord visited him and said, hey, I need you to go down to this area. And he went down and it said he came across the Ethiopian treasurer, the treasure for Ethiopia. Well-known, lots of authority. He was traveling on his, on his cottage or his coach and... Um, and, he, and, he, and Philip saw him, and he said that Philip just went up beside his coach and began to walk next to him. And Philip could be like, you know, I never got an invitation. The Ethiopia never sent me a letter to, hey, come and meet with the treasurer of Ethiopia. I, I never got, you know, a check in the mail to pay for my expenses or any of that. He just found himself there. And where he found himself was next to a highly influential person in a, for another country. And he began to walk next to his coach. And he heard this Ethiopian reading some scripture. And so he's like, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian said, not really. Why don't you climb on board and talk to me about this? So that's what he does. He gets on board and he begins to talk to him about the scriptures. They're taken off on a ride and... Pretty soon, he, Philip just kind of opens the scriptures up to this Ethiopian. And the Ethiopian is like, hey, stop. There's water. I want to be baptized. Can't I be baptized? Will you baptize me? And right then and there, they get down and Philip baptizes him. And then as he comes out of the water, Philip is teleported to a whole other area. Like, you know, all of these, the Star Trek and the Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy stuff has not even been invented yet. And, you know, and come, come across their TV screen, even know what this is. But Philip is teleported from that place to another place. Philip, living his life, not making a big deal out of much, 
other than just trying to tell somebody about the message of the good news. That there is peace with God in Jesus Christ. Let's think about our life. Think about the comings and goings of our life. And think about the paths of people that we cross. And may we ask the Lord. Not every single person will be someone that we will talk to or share this message with. But there will probably be somebody that will need to hear something good. That will just need to hear a kind word. That will need to hear the reminder. You know what? I see you downtrodden. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Take it or leave it. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Let's think about our life in this great commission. Because we've been given the greatest task. Think about you. Think about me. Let's think about ourselves for a second. Of how the goodness of God drew us to repentance in Christ. And how many people in this world and in our small community need the kindness of God to draw them to repentance in the Lord. And we've been given that task. We've been given that mission. There's some more examples in Acts that I don't have the time to get into. But so many living normal lives. Apollos, Aquila, Priscilla, living normal lives. Just living normal lives. No clout, no, you know, no prestige. Just living a normal life. And how the Lord used them to help somebody else come to know the Lord. Think about that. We're all living our normal life. Most of us, if most all of us here, will never be famous in the eyes of the world. You just never know that one life you touch. I mean, they may be famous. Who knows? I hope some of you are famous. You get really rich, and you don't forget the small people who helped you out along the way. You don't forget where you come from. But think about it. We're just living our normal life. But in our normalcy, we have this greatness that is knocking on our door. That is constantly calling and tugging at our heart. And saying, man... There's greatness in you, Jeremy Calhoun. <laughs> There's greatness on the inside of you, dude. You, you work in a rough place, man. But your presence, the presence of the great one living inside of you, brings peace to people that you don't even re realize. And I want you to look at something. I want you to see it by faith. That as you walk, your trail is peace. Your trail is peace. I want you to remember there's greatness living inside of you. There's greatness living on the inside of each one of us. We're living our normal life. 
We're just living our normal life. And there's greatness on the inside of us. That I believe this week, God is going to pour out His Spirit upon our young people. God's going to pour out His Spirit on our young people this week. In such a way, there will not be a denying of the good love and the great love of God. He just wants a small opening. And if he gets a small opening, he'll make great things happen in your life. So get ready. Don't be scared. Just get ready. There's greatness. I'm so glad and so thankful that God saved me when I was so young. Not that I'm real old right now, but I do feel it on certain days. But I'm so glad 20, 31 years ago that he saved me. Because I didn't think, I didn't even possibly believe that God loved me or could do anything noble in my life. And I have to be careful sometimes because I start to compare myself with other people. Because I start to think, man, look at them. And God has to check me from time to time. Kind of like he did with Peter in John 21. After Peter denied the Lord three times. And Jesus had breakfast with him. And he's like, Peter... That's when he asked him those three times, do you love me? Yes, 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 I love you. And then he's like, okay, I want you to follow me. And and Peter was like, but what about this other one? He's pointing to John the Beloved. And Jesus is like, I'm not concerned about him right now. I'm talking to you. What I have planned for him, that's for him. What I have planned for you, that's for you. And so listen Young person, I know I'm stepping over my bounds here today, and I'm not supposed to preach at youth camp till Monday night. But listen, don't worry about other people. Don't worry about what other people have, what other young people, what other things they possess, however they look, however they talk, whatever they wear, however they dress, and wherever they're going, and who they're dating, and who they got Instagramming them, and following them, and all that stuff. Don't worry about others. Jesus is like, I'm talking about you. And what I have planned for you is tailor-made for you. It's tailor-made for you. It's tailor-made. Tailor-made. It's tailor-made for you. Nobody, Nobody has a plan like I got a plan. God said, nobody's got a plan like I got a plan. You, you raised the good ones. You raised some good ones, mom. And I know they're just getting started, getting, getting some wings to get ready to fly. But you just remember the plans that God has for you. No man can write. No man can write. God has direction for you. 
God has, I'm talking to you. God has direction for you. He's got direction for you. You can look at a map and you can look at these, these plans. The Bible says a man plans the way of life, but God directs his steps. God has direction for you. And there is a foundation in your life that you cannot deny and you cannot hide from and you cannot run from. But the Lord just is reminding you today, gently reminding you, if you want to see the future, go back to the foundation. Go to the foundation and see how it's laid out. God has direction for you. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to waste your time trying to chase certain things, trying to figure it all out. The Lord has direction for you. He said, go to the foundation and you'll see exactly where you need to go and what it's like because the Lord orders your steps. Amen? The Lord orders your steps. I know I'm about out of time, guys. We gotta, I gotta, we're talking about the Great Commission. I'm sorry. We're talking about the Great Commission. Lastly, the Great Commission is great because it is a great message. It's just a great message. I'll close with this verse, Romans 1, verse 16. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work. It's saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish. Not by good works. Not by sweat and tears. Not by being a good person. But by faith. This is accomplished by faith. As the scripture says, it's through faith that a righteous person has life. Faith. This great commission is great because it's a great message. It's the power of God that saves us. The good news in this story is that we're not alone. The great one, Jesus, is with us. The great part of this story of the great commission is that Jesus is with us and that we are his ambassadors. We are his representatives and that we carry within us a good message a great message with our life. And he tells us wherever we go, wherever we go, wherever we go, from the ends of the earth, all the way back home, from this room to the roads of life, we carry a great message inside of us. And he's just called us to just live it.